Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I am incredibly honored that you are here today becoming the conscious mama you were born to be. Today we have another amazing podcast discovery call. I know they're always all amazing, but I'm just like so honored that I can one do these and another that women are willing to come on and share their stories for you guys to relate to as well. Remember, if you want your own personal discovery call, there is the link down in the show notes and make sure you are on the email list when I call out for new participants for the podcast discovery calls. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. But thank you for coming on and um, being brave enough to share. I know this is going to help a lot of people. I literally just had another woman in my DMs um, asking about Hashimoto's and thyroid. And I asked her, well, did you get down to the root cause? And she was like, no. <laughs> like, okay, let's start there. But just tell, um, tell me a little bit about your fertility journey first. Yeah, so essentially my fertility journey started in 2018. Um, I was single and was like, I know I'm getting older. I need to do something about that. Let's freeze my eggs. So this is before I kind of really knew anything about anything. I did have Hashimoto's. I was already diagnosed with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to freeze my eggs without doing any lifestyle changes whatsoever because, of course, they don't tell you that. You know, mm -hmm. you just don't know and you don't think you're going to have any problems. So I did that, but I only got two eggs. So I was a poor responder to yeah. um, all the, the medicine. And that cost me wonderful £5,000, which is 6000 obviously, US about, mm -hmm. um, for my two eggs, which was obviously devastating. Um, so put those on ice. And then in 2020, I fell pregnant naturally. Um, and then I started bleeding at six weeks. And then within, you know, by week eight, week nine, they'd called that a miscarriage. And then that miscarriage just went on for about three months. Obviously, we were in COVID, we were in lockdown. So it was, just, you know, it's just a horrifying experience. And it was even worse going through it completely alone. Yeah. And when everything was very weird with lockdown and in masks, and it was just so clinical and impersonal. Um, but basically, it, it, it wouldn't all come out. So yeah. I had to go through the DNC, and they did that originally when I was awake. And then I was still showing as pregnant. So then I had to have the tablets and then that didn't work. And then I ended up having to have the being put to sleep and having it removed that way. So obviously that was already traumatic. They said one suggestion that they so obviously you ask why, you know, why has this happened to me? Why have I miscarried? And, you know, nobody ever, supposedly nobody ever knows, but they never even talked about my Hashimoto's or my autoimmune conditions. 
never even asked me about anything to do with that but we did know I had fibroids so I had like multiple fibroids in my room and so they said oh it could be that so then I went on the old NHS web, uh, website, NHS waiting list um, to, to have an operation to try and remove some of those. So I had an operation in 2022, so February last year, and they did what is called a laparoscopic myomectomy, um, where they, you know, keyhole surgery and they removed 11 of my fibroids. The biggest fibroid, I believe, was only just over four centimetres. So I don't have huge ones, but I have hundreds. So they took out 11, but there's still a load, still a load there. Um, I don't know at this point, obviously, if that's affecting anything. But yeah, who knows? And then anyway, got pregnant again this summer. And then uh, I found out I was miscarrying really early on again. It was about week five or six. I started spotting and it was very light. So they then gave me progesterone pessaries um, for a couple of weeks, um, went back and they were like, oh, it hasn't grown. Obviously, there's no heartbeat, um, but we need to wait another week. So they did that. And then, of course, it was called. Um, and annoyingly, I am now still uh, miscarrying because uh, my pregnancy tests are still showing as pregnant, even though obviously, obviously I'm not. But it's just annoying now. My HCG is still in my body mm -hmm. um, and I'm still bleeding. And that's obviously now been going on for about oh my God, six, six weeks or something, mm -hmm. six, seven weeks. So, yeah, it, it's a lot. Yeah. I'm just very traumatic and not not much fun, as you know. So, yeah. yeah. I know I was reading over your um form that um you sent in before and um I could definitely feel um the the physical heartache right the heaviness of it all um yeah and a little bit of frustration because I before even I know we've had a few messages um on Instagram yeah. but um the frustration on my side that you haven't got the support you needed and you are yeah um okay 100%. yeah frustrating but the good news is all of this is reversible right you still might need some medical assistance meaning maybe thyroid medication you know whatever it is but the real issue is is um, you just haven't lowered the inflammation and the oxidative stress going on. I know you've tried some yeah. diet stuff. So let's talk about what you have done with diet. Yeah, for sure. So oh God, what diet haven't I tried? Yeah, uh, I did an Ayurvedic cleanse. So that was that was going all fully vegan for a couple of weeks. But honestly, I'm, no offense, but living on rice and herbs just wasn't the one for me. Yeah. I lasted 10 days and was the most miserable I think I've ever been in my life. No joke. Yeah. Sorry, I, I believe meat. it. I like protein. <laughs> I, <agree. laughs> I like it is a personal choice. <laughs> I like agree. There's no offense here, but I I do truly believe for the majority of women out there, vegan is probably one of the worst diets to do. The next is keto. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. No, I've never done that. Um, <laughs> but I did end up doing, which seems now, because I've been doing a lot more research into you, it seems more like the auto autoimmune paleo diet, but it was high fats, healthy oils, certain vegetables, um, 
and again that was it was obviously the whole trying to fix the gut so it was like four to six weeks of doing that mm-hmm. and then I managed to do it that was fine and having that intensity of cooking oil mills from scratch batch cooking planning spending a fortune on everything organic bone broths just egg yolks um mm-hmm. sweet potatoes broccoli spinach uh meat but only like beef and cod and salmon and just trying to be really really you know, full on. And I did, I managed it, cut out all my sugar. I don't do caffeine anyway. Alcohol was a really hard one, but did that. And then the crazy thing is when I do this elimination diet and eat everything I meant to eat, obviously no potatoes, no, none of the nightshade vegetables. I can't, it's the reintroduction. So then it was the day when it was like, oh, cause I, I drink, it's pea milk. It's like pea protein, not like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. we have a it's I think it comes from uh, Sweden or something but it's like a pea protein but there is rapeseed oil in it so obviously I had to eliminate that when I was doing um doing the diet so when it said you can start reintroducing pick one of your favorite foods to bring in for the first few days it was like I really want more than any it was so weird I was craving milk in my tea because I don't like black tea and here in the UK we like milk in our tea um so yeah basically I started with that and then I just craved I would crack so I was like oh well I've done that oh who cares so after the whole six weeks and then it was like oh I need a bit of chocolate oh well now I've had a bit of chocolate <laughs> oh fuck it now I'll have a glass of wine and it was like what was the point so I've now this year done that three times yeah and I just can't I can't seem to sustain that and I don't know why when I can be so strict and then literally do that whole thing for six weeks and then it's the reintroduction so that's why I was talking to you about doing, <laughs> skipping it and doing a, a food test. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I don't, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. Just being real honest. <laughs> yeah, it is. I totally get it. I mean, when I shifted into AIP, it was, um, it, it was just after a long, long journey, right? We're talking almost five years of never seeing a positive pregnancy test, um, failed IVFs. So it you sometimes you come to it when you're like all right I'm ready like I've done so much I've sacrificed so much I'm at the I was at the end of my journey right like I knew in my soul that things were ending so it was like well I just don't want to look back and regret not trying this and so when it comes to diet when you take on too much you are gonna fail right yeah And it's not failure. It's just, I think, realizing like, hey, that's not where I'm at right now. Let me be where I need to be at. And when you see people able to quote unquote do it, they're just at their breaking point. They're just like, I'm so done with my BS and the BS that's going around. I'm willing to stand in this, what looks like an extreme to the rest of the world. But to me, it's just like a latch, you know, a last ditch effort. And you might find some answers in those last ditch efforts. And then you can come back. I think the thing for me, because of um, kind of the lack of information I had around the time, I didn't look forward to like, oh, six weeks, I get to reintroduce things. (laughs) Right. It was just like, oh, well, AIP is going to be my life forever. And the reality was I saw results on it because I did paleo for a year. um, And then we saw success with better embryos. I got pregnant via IVF, um, but I miscarried. And then I found AIP. And it was really my last symptoms of 
quote unquote, my gut health, that within three weeks, that went away. And because I was focusing on my my health here and not the pregnancies anymore, I was like, wow, that worked. I hadn't seen like it was some like discharge stuff in my stools and they, that went away. And I was like, well, there's there's obviously something to this because, you know, nothing else has like gotten rid of that. But it was a it was a slow march up to AIP, right? Where you have this information now, you're bombarded. Everyone's like, "Oh, you have an autoimmune issue. You have to go AIP." But AIP is such a strict diet, and it works because you eliminate like all the inflammation out there. That's the reason why it works, right? It's not this yeah. like guru. It's not like the holy grail. It just like you are limited. But the weird thing is, and inside of my like especially fertility food I give you an on and off list of foods to eat because we hyper focus so much on what we can't eat and I mm. still stick to quite a close AIP now I'm very fortunate I live in an area where I can get a lot of um, gluten-free stuff that's pretty decent and actually good um, but I feel like I don't I'm not limited. I don't even look at my food that way. And when I go out to a restaurant, it's just like, okay, what's the best thing for me to eat? Where's my gut health right now? Because I know my body so well. Okay, yeah, I haven't been great. Like I don't drink alcohol anymore, but before when I was still drinking, um, ah, no, nah, I've had a few drinks of wine. I know my gut health is going to be low. I'm not going to eat some nightshades today. Where now when I go out because I don't drink alcohol, um, my stress levels are pretty low. You know, like I'm, I, I've got my routine. I can go out and be like, okay, I can have some nightshades today. It's not going to like kill me, right? Totally. You got to know where you're at and you got to be radically honest with yourself because as you know, as you've lived through now, you, it's, um, you go to this extreme and then you feel so guilty and like, why can't I do this type of thing? But it has nothing to do with that, right? It's really just focusing on where you're at. So even doing just a moderation of an AIP would be better for you than not. Because it sounds like yeah, you're the, in these extremes of like, I am so good. Yeah. And then I like completely yeah, 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 F yeah, yeah. it. Where absolutely. E even if you just stayed for like three months at this really good level of like, okay, having some milk, right? And that's the crappy thing is, is that yes, if, um, if you had more concrete evidence of what you are intolerant to, you wouldn't have to do this whole elimination thing um unfortunately yeah the the test that i run isn't in the uk <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i did what you suggested i contacted the people in poland that you thought maybe but they didn't get back to me yeah um, i've had I, I did one see there's a couple of tests sorry yeah. go for, sorry go ahead no i just said i had one client be successful with that but she was so determined to get it like <laughs> it was crazy i mean it took her months to get it and it was a bit of a nightmare but what other oh, tests gosh. are out there in the UK? What have you seen? Yeah, so I was just going to say I did some research and I found um, there was a couple of tests for food testing here, but mm -hmm. um, it's just whether or not you think they're going to be decent. Because I did one of those hair tests, but then everyone kind of said, what, don't even bother with that. That's just a waste of time. Yeah. Um, but there were a couple that I found for food intolerances. One tests 200 allergies and um, intolerances and the other tested 117 common allergies and tolerances and those price points are around 150 pounds so what's that like 200 dollars yeah um, 
So I, I don't know if you so what think you that wanna, that is worth me doing. Yeah, what you want to look at is what they test in regards to the blood work, right? So if they're only okay. testing IgG, they're not great tests because they're testing how your blood is reacting right there in the minute. So a lot of people will do these IgG tests that are, you know, you can get them from like Target or, you know, they're relatively inexpensive. And they're like, mm. everything I ate, everything I usually eat showed up. I was like, yeah, because that tests what your blood is reacting to right now. So they're not a good yeah. representation of it. So it's not really worth your time or money. Um, you might just have to sit in the zone of like, okay, I'm just going to have to do this the longer way. And I'm going to be all right with that mm. because I know this is going to be a big part of my journey. Um, so for you right now, it's really tapping in on where, you at, where you're where you at, what you can stay committed to. Um, definitely looking into what's on the list as well, instead of hyper-focusing on what's not. Because the reality is when I went paleo, like 70% of the store went away, right? Like you cannot eat 70% of the store when you're on paleo. When you go AIP, it's 90%. So it's really not that big of a leap when you think of it. It's only 20% yeah. more. Because if you are staying away from all the um, rancid oils, you know, mm. if you're really probably doing a paleo diet, you got to stay away from rancid oils. That's what I was doing. So that's that's a lot of the grocery store that you can't eat right? Exactly. And, even all and these, everything like, you have to cook from scratch. And yeah. Everything you have to cook from scratch. And what people, why people aren't seeing success as well is they tend to go to these gluten-free, paleo-friendly, you know, bars or uh, pre-made things. But if you actually look at their ingredients, they're not healthy ingredients, right? And so it's okay to buy them for, um, you know, because you're celiac, right? So like, yes, yeah. you are going, if you are going on a trip or away, those types of food are going to be super supportive because at least it doesn't have the main ingredients that you're super like, I wouldn't even say that's an intolerance. It's like an allergic reaction, right? Like that is a different thing, but you don't want to depend on that stuff every day, right? You want to depend on fresh yeah. food and it is expensive. It is time consuming. Um, and you can understand why, uh, I don't know, 80% of Americans and British people and Western people are sick because yeah, totally. we don't put an emphasis on taking care of ourselves. And one of the main ways you can do that is through food. Yeah. Yeah. And financially too. I know I, I do, I, I do agree that it's hard and getting access to that stuff as well. But when it comes to totally. diet, you definitely just want to get real with yourself. Where am I at? What I what can I commit to? So you almost want to do the elimination diet in reverse when you're when you're in this particular mindset right now. Okay, what can okay. I eliminate? And then in um, two weeks, three weeks, what can I what one more thing that I think I just eat too much of? I'm not really feeling that great. When I do have it, I notice things, I'm going to eliminate that. Right? I mean, I think that's part of my problem, though. This is the whole thing. I don't notice, like even being diagnosed with celiac, I didn't even I don't I didn't even notice I had an issue with gluten. When I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's a decade ago, I just did my own research because I was like, I don't want to be taking a tablet for every day for the rest of my life. I want to reverse this. So I quit gluten and I quit dairy there and then. Um, 
so I, I wasn't eating gluten so it was really weird doctors mm. when they I only got diagnosed with that in 20, 2020 and I was like what and also because there was no gluten in my body it was like well how have you even diagnosed that it's really it's really strange then I thought that might be a false positive because then I got tested again I think this year and then it was negative but they were like no because you've been diagnosed you're permanently diagnosed <laughs> it was a bit yeah <laughs> okay. I was like what what okay. are you telling me it's weird but out of choice and for my health because I thought it was the right thing to do haven't done gluten but yeah, yeah. it's weird I don't eat anything and notice that anything um doesn't sit Ages. well with me and that's another very frustrating thing obviously yeah because on like your thing you know. have you have bloatiness right like you're bloated is that a constant so thing right now yeah okay and have I've, you... I've literally gained so much weight and it's weird it's really weird yeah okay so this is not related to your diet then right there's something going on have you been tested for SIBO small intestine bacteria no. overgrowth okay. yeah that's number no, one you need to press on the NHS to test for that right okay because if you're constantly bloating, it's not your diet, right? Yeah. You Wow, okay. Have you ever had um, a gut health test to rule out like H. pylora or any kind of like bugs or parasites? No, nothing, nothing like that with yeah. the UK health healthcare. When yeah. I got diagnosed with the celiac, they said the only way we can properly test is if we do this thing, putting a camera down into your tummy. Mm -hmm. And I said, fine, let's do it because I'd rather just know then I got pregnant the first time around so it couldn't happen and then obviously you're bumped off the list and then there was no issues for a while so I haven't followed it through and I've never had it's not like I have major issues with my stool so I haven't pushed that one I've been pushing the fertility testing and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff more so so that's a really good tip I can definitely try and push that I mean it's yeah. like really difficult with these doctors because they just don't want to do it do they yeah um okay so it costs them money yeah but bottom that line bottom line is that the fertility test that you're seeking are not going to give you your answers yeah totally. right <laughs> unless you're going into like autoimmune issues or genetic issues you know like testing like um your nk cells or things like that your normal fertility test like your ths ths your fsh your amh yes, like yes. all those things doesn't matter doesn't matter because they're a representation oh, okay. of your inflammation and your oxidative stress aka yeah. your cellular health so Got you. if you are constantly bloated and you are on a healthy diet yes. even if you're not perfect yeah. on an aip diet but you you know you're better than most i eat it's so not well. your diet yeah massively yeah. Okay. I, this you, is this is what was driving me mad. All yeah. my friends are like, out of everyone we know, you are so clean. You eat really well. Like you yeah. cook all your food. Like what the hell? Like it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's... I've gained a stone, like a stone this year, and it's like, like my diet hasn't changed, and now I haven't drunk alcohol in like two months, and I haven't dropped anything. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. So I definitely okay. think that you have a gut issue going on, um, and uh that absolutely needs to be figured out what is specifically going on the okay. other thing is that um i think your detoxification system isn't on par and you're especially with the miscarriages not uh taking five to six weeks when i had my miss miscarriage um so I went in, still thought I was pregnant, still was testing that I was pregnant. 
Um, there was no heartbeat. They offered me a DNC. I declined because I was sick of people looking at my vagina. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it took two weeks, two weeks for that to pass. Um, and then when it finally passed, um, it was more than just a mis like, you know, a bleed, a period. And yeah. um, when I ended up in the ER because I overdid it, because I basically went into contractions, passed this sack, had an awful day. The next day I woke up feeling fine and just type type A, like, okay, I'm fine. I'm going to get over it. Like, you know, ignore all the symptoms and then ended up in the hospital that night uh, with severe bleeding oh, so sorry. again. Awful. But I, yeah, I mean, I just didn't know what was going on, right? Because we don't That's really cool. have this information. But when I was at the hospital, they tested me again for pregnancy um, and it was still positive. So sometimes there, but you're not having a missed miscarriage, right? Like, no, it's maybe you're one. And I passed yeah. my thing now no sack, joke, yeah. five weeks ago, yeah. five weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm still testing as positive. And then I think I told you I did the duct test mm -hmm. too for about hormones and my estrogen and my cortisol were through really bad. Yeah. Cortisol through the roof, estrogen. And they said, like, I'm not clearing my estrogen. So that ties in with what you're saying yeah. about my body isn't detoxing. Yeah. You're not detoxing properly. So how does one get to the bottom of that? How <laughs> on earth do I make that happen? <laughs> Magic pills, please. <laughs> uh, right. There is supplementation, obviously, that you can use. Um, it's one... I still think you have to figure out what's causing the bloating in your stomach. You got to get rid of that uh, first. And then, yeah, there's like, and in your show notes, I always do show notes after these. I'll give you tips and stuff to look into, but obviously like waking up and having a, you know, a shot of apple cider vinegar or drinking uh, lemon water, uh, doing some lymph notes and detoxification, like um, uh, maneuvers to get you going. Um, but most importantly, let's, let's tap into the stress of your life right now. Okay. So we know we're not going to go super deep into it. And I'm going to send you some links to do, you need healing around your fertility, right? Miscarriages are way bigger than people think. And we do not yeah. have the support to release the emotion mentally and physically around this, right? It's a big loss for us. Um, and so tapping into womb healing, forgiveness for ourselves, because I know we beat ourselves up mm -hmm. over this, like what could I have done? All that kind of stuff, um, is truly important. But the fact is, is that the lifetime, your lifetime has got you to where you are with your fertility. So usually when it comes to a fertility journey, the way you um, are acting your habits and all that were already there before you even started thinking about fertility and they contributed to the fertility issues for you having a full-blown thyroid issue diagnosed 10 years ago it just gives us more evidence right? like okay. some people are more silent like for me I was really silent there was no evidence I didn't have a hard diagnosis with anything okay. so we want to ask why why were we dealing yeah. with a full-blown thyroid issue 10 years ago what was life like before that yes there's some genetics that play into this but from the science that we know 
is that it's your environment that is the bullet. Your genetics are the gun, your environment's the the bullet and the trigger, right? So what was going on? And obviously you don't share anything that you don't feel comfortable with, but this is mm-hmm. my job is to get you to think like, oh. okay, why am I super stressed out? Why am I type A? Why am I overachiever? Living in LA, <laughs> like oh, LA is no joke. How <laughs> started when I moved to LA? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, it did. It all started then. Okay. Can you think back to why? Why do you think? Yeah. So essentially, obviously, moving countries is an incredible stressful thing. Yeah. Um, but I was in a relationship that I was really unhappy in. So yeah, the long and short of it, I was moving to the States and dating someone and said, I'm going to be leaving and we will be finished. And then he surprised me by saying, hey, I got a transfer and a visa and I'm moving out with you. And then I was kind of stuck. And then when you move to the States, you know, I'm on a visa. And um, at the time it was an acting visa. I was on an O1. And um, basically that's all I could do. And as we all know, you cannot make a living in LA when you're new and you're just trying to do acting. It's an absolute joke. So I had to rely on him financially. And for someone that is type A and someone that is very independent and someone that likes taking care of themselves and all the rest of it, it was very difficult having to rely on somebody else. So I think that was a massive factor. And now you've brought it up. Another huge factor is I had a lot of success acting back in the UK when I was younger. And that's why I was very grateful and managed to get my visa to get over there. But then it kind of died when I got to the States, I, I, it killed my career. So it totally makes sense what you're saying. It was so, it was just turmoil. So I went from being, I was more successful like in my teens and early twenties than I was like I have been like in my older grown up years. So I moved to LA when I was 30 and that was already quite an old age for an actor. Mm-hmm. And then it was just very humbling having people say to you, you know, oh cute, you wanna act, that's so sweet. And you're like, no, I've been an actor my entire life and this is my career and I've done stuff. But yeah, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. So I find it very humbling and it was a struggle and having to rely on someone that made me very unhappy, that, that was very controlling. And that's when the diagnosis happened. Mm-hmm. got rid of him when I managed to then obtain my what's it called what was the next one after the, my green card mm-hmm. um but then I fell into another relationship it was like the same guy it was like a carbon copy so then I was miserable it sounds really sad and tragic so then I had another load of misery and then at that point yeah I was like in my early 30s mid 30s really wanting to start a family but knew I didn't want to start it with that guy and then again, had the finance issues. Again, I didn't have all my friends and my family for support. Hence, moving back to the UK, mm-hmm. wanting and needing everyone around me yeah. and all that support. But then comes the time when you hit the dating apps. Jesus Christ. And they're just awful. So it was just one horrendous dude after another. Um, and then you have the panic. And then you're just like, I have to meet someone. And that's why I froze the eggs. But then I... I had the balls last year to defrost the eggs and use the uh, donor sperm, but one egg didn't defrost and the other egg, even though I paid extra for ICSI, didn't fertilize. Mm-hmm. So then that was another five grand and it was like, oh my God. So it's been traumatic. And the guy I am with now, that's complicated. He's got mental health issues. He's got a lot of his own problems. So that's caused me a lot of stress. So yeah, it's just been constant basically which I know doesn't help any of this but I do yoga I meditate I eat well so I'm trying to do I do acupuncture 
I try and do everything I can, but it's obviously not enough. And that's where I'm stuck. I'm like, help. I don't know what else I'm meant to do because it's just life. And we all have shitty things that we need to deal with and we can't just shut off and change everything, can we? It's just life. We all have stresses, but it's just figuring out how to cope with them. I don't know if I'm being really naive, but yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know. No, I think that you kind of articulate very well for how a lot of women feel, right? That they, that they're in this hyperdrive and they've, they're independent, they're type A, it's this modern feminism, I can do it all. And unfortunately, just scientifically, you, you no, that's not how it works. And it takes yeah. away probably the um, innate desire, not all, you know, I'm not saying all women have to be mothers or give birth or any of that, but that biological desire to nurture and it's suppressed and you don't live authentically and you just keep mm -hmm. going and going and going and keep piling on the stress and seeking and I, I can do this. I'm going to find it. I'm going to use IVF. I'm going to freeze my eggs. I'm going to use these dating apps. I'm going to push, push, push until I get to what I want. You're oh, basically, yeah, you're basically energetically matching to, uh, to all the bullshit and the bullshit just keeps on coming. Yeah. And you think you can't stop. What I'm telling you right now is stopping is going to get you to your ultimate goal. Stopping and healing everything that I, you know, let's just say from the moment you moved to LA, I'm telling you right now though, what happened before you moved to LA and why you were with that guy is also important to look into. How'd you even get yeah. there in the first place? Because I'm telling you, you weren't born that way. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Trauma. So it's a this... lot of traumas happened. A lot of trauma yes. happened. So Lots. It's... Like my mom died when I was like 14. So that's oh. huge. Yes. Yeah. Right. That that was it. That's a big one. <laughs> that's yeah. a really big one. And mm -hmm. it was an accident. It was a car accident. So obviously completely just a shock. I'm an only child. My parents were split up. So then it was having to live with my dad, who I knew, but we weren't close. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to grow up very quick because he mm -hmm. was very strict. Um, and we were, we're very similar, but then we're very different at the same time. So we clash. So yeah. it's a very difficult. We love each other very much, but we have a very difficult relationship. And, yeah, and you, so it was you, a really tough. Yeah. Were you close with like your mom? Close to my mom. Very close. Like, you know, sickeningly close when everyone's just like, oh, my God, I can't believe how tight you are with your mom. And all her friends were like, it's not healthy. Close. You tell them more everything. Sorry. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a really, that was a challenging one as well. Um, yeah, but it's so long ago now, it's just awful, but of course there's still healing to do with that. And over the years I've had counseling, I've had therapy, I've had bereavement counseling. Yeah. But we all have crap happen to us. It doesn't matter. It's our crap. I see. I, what <laughs> happens is we are, we, we consciously with our adult brains, uh, justify things. Well, everyone has it and we just all have to get on with it. Well, look at all of us. 
is a shit show. All of us are not dealing well with what's going on <laughs> because we're judging ourselves like, well, they have it worse or I should just get over it. Well, I'm lucky I had this or da 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 this, right? Like, no, let's stop that bullshit and just be honest. Like we had it rough. And it's not because our adult brains um, can and do it. Our children who are who we were as children, we had a tough time. And it's yeah. having compassion for our what you know the term is inner child now, right? Because yeah. the fact is is that that's what is subconsciously running the show. And that's why you're seeing the results in your adult life. You can justify it all. You can reason all of it, but the subconscious is running it. So if you haven't done the proper healing, the releasing, the the kind of alchemizing the emotion, it's going to be there and it's going to dictate how you really move consistently as an adult, even though you can uh, reason with yourself, right? Like, come on, just suck it up. This is life. Let's just go. And no, sometimes you do just need to get on the floor and cry it out or grab a bat and, you know, whack the shit out of things. You have to change those emotions behind the trauma that you went through as a child. Because if you don't, you will consistently keep looping in these patterns. And this is why you see yourself stopping and starting with a diet. Okay. Right. The reality is doing a diet is is pretty simple in our modern age. You literally yeah. have to walk to the grocery store or drive to the grocery store and get what you need. And you can do that year around. Right. And there's even supplements to supplement <laughs> the diet that you can buy. <laughs> <laughs> we are not talking about growing your own food, hunting, gathering, like our ancestors had it hard. But at the same time, they had it easy because it wasn't complicated. Their yeah. life was way less complicated, that, you know. So you said something of, you know, well, I just can't stop. I just got to keep going. And that's where what what you're missing in your life. Right. So how old are you right now? 42 and I'm 43, literally in a few weeks. 43. Okay. So you're a Scorpio. Yes. Me too. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and that's why we're so fiercely independent and it's going to be really yes. hard for you to <laughs> soften and open up that heart and allow people in. Right? Mm -hmm. Um. But when it comes to your fertility, this is how you have to think about it. You already have the evidence that you can get pregnant. Your, your freezing egg episode was a moment in time. It does not dictate your future. You're still getting pregnant. It's just getting up to staying pregnant. Okay. So you have that underneath your belt. So even though there's healing to do around the miscarriages, you have that confirmation that this is doable. Okay. So you're going to look and you're going to feel those spirit babies up there and you're going to really be radically honest with yourself and go, would I come into my life right now? <laughs> That's what you got to do. <laughs> 
God. You got to be radically honest. And if it's a no, then you have to go, okay, what would I change? Where do I want to change? Because I believe there's a certain amount of people who are in my community that their spirit babies have attached to all of us. And they're like, mommy needs to sort shit out because I don't want to go through the trauma. Because if you yeah. don't sort your stuff out physically, mentally, and emotionally, you're literally handing over luggage to your children and go here, you get to deal with it now in this lifetime. Yeah. That's what we're doing. It's science. That's what epigenetics yeah. is. Right. So I do believe, yes, we see the crackhead getting pregnant. Yes. We see the person who's not emotionally stable. Yes. We see um, someone who has all these health issues get pregnant. That doesn't that doesn't mean anything. That just means that they are genetically prone to not express fertility issues. And I'm, I don't mean it in a mean way. Everyone has to go through their life and they're all, everyone's on their life path. But I'm telling yeah. you right now, the risks are so much higher for them and their children when it comes to physical, mental, and emotional issues. The writing's on the wall. Our children's health is atrocious. And it's just not one of those things. And we have unknowingly got ourselves here through the centuries, right? Through the decades, just passing down, passing down, passing down. And for whatever reason, we are the ones who are going to break the cycles. So we have to get physically healthy because pregnancy is a physical thing. But we also have to get in line energetically because like you, if it was just the case for um, people like us with autoimmune issues to just do the diet, <laughs> it would have worked. So many more people yeah. would have seen success by these diet books, right? Yeah. But you got to dive into it um, a little bit more and, and un start ripping back those layers right? A good place to start is with, you know, the loss of your mother, right? And just get really honest with yourself. And a good technique right now that you can do is just sit with whatever emotion comes up around your mom. Instead of trying techniques to, um, get rid of it, right? Sit with it. What are you actually really feeling? Is it still grief? Is it still anger? Is it still frustration around that? And just be radically honest with yourself. And then that's where you can go in and and change that emotion for yourself or get the support with a coach behind it. But you have to first come to the table with radical honesty of like, actually, how am I really thinking? Yes, it was, you know, 20 something years ago. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the body keeps score. If you don't release that stuff, it will stay with you forever. And if the modalities that you haven't used or that if the modalities that you used, if you don't feel like they've quote unquote worked, like really got you through the, the situation, it doesn't mean that it's not doable. It just means that you haven't found your right modality. Which totally makes sense. Like, yeah, the whole just having therapy just hasn't really worked. I mean, I haven't yeah. tried, what's it called, the EFT, 
emotional yeah. freedom technique. I haven't mm -hmm. tried that. I don't know if that might be worth. I don't know if you can suggest anything else that I could try, but I think you're so right. I think that's a huge thing that I need to to look into for sure. Mm -hmm. I think there's still a lot of stuff going on with that. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um and it what just came up too is um you know the the men that you have dated in your life um do you I just I like the dad just keeps coming up do you feel like there is a connection you can see like a pattern of who you're dating <laughs> yes and no some have just had absolutely no money and some have had money so in that respect no but in the way that I'm not respected and I'm not um I guess I'm not taken care of the way that I would take care of them like I'm a huge empath I am incredibly giving so I attract men that are damaged I attract men that need that care and attention and I give it to them and then I don't get that reciprocated yeah that's 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 hard I don't give to receive but obviously it's really nice to find that yeah. equality and to have the give and take and I've I've really struggled with that which is really sad obviously yeah, yeah. um and that's super frustrating <laughs> I've got to ask it and I'll I'll delete I'll I'll take this out of the podcast recording Okay, guys, as you can tell, I wanted to ask a very personal question that I did not feel was appropriate to be uh, broadcasted on the podcast, but and I wanted her to feel uh, safe to really answer this in a honest way. And that is part of the coaching is to get out of you the truth of really what's going on so you can see and make more um, empowered decisions around your journey. So without further ado, do, let's get back to the episode. And you've got to take- I just wish this was 10 years ago. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I just wish it was I know. 10 years ago. But it's not. No, and you still have time on your side. That. I mean, like the fact that you're still getting pregnant right now, like there's still time. Okay. Right? There is. And you got to get that faith in you, but you have to really just look at your life right now and just be like, yeah. like, okay, I got to clean this shit up. Looking back at the past is going to help you and unravel all those okay. layers, but the lack, you're in lack right now and you're trying to rush it and you're trying to force it where fertility literally works the other way. It's the surrender, okay. it's the healing, it's the releasing, it's making space. And all I was hearing before was like, I don't know, this is all kind of really new to me. So like, I don't know if it was like the spirit babies going, ah, ah, or if it was just like the universe going, no, absolutely not. I don't know which one, what it was, but it was very clear, like, no. Okay, so you got to unravel why, what, what lack am I running? And what needs, and I do, I apps, it's obviously tied to the loss of your mother. Yeah. And, and going into your father's home. Yeah. It's um, the whole self-worth thing. And it's just, yes. it's very confusing when you're very strong and when you're very confident, but at the same time, deep down, it's like, I've got no self-worth because I've been treated like shit and I yeah. don't know why. It's like, I give, 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 
and then I'm it's like I'm treated worse the more I give and I, yeah. I don't understand that it's because you don't think you're worthy right you don't have that self-worth and that self-love inside of you to draw boundaries because you think yeah. well the more I give the more I'll get absolutely not they'll just keep taking and taking and taking so self-love is actually having secure boundaries, right? So I was on a call the other day about um, a woman and her mother, and she said, oh, well, my mom always uh, calls me and complains about my family issues and stuff, and it really brings me down. I said, well, have you told her to stop? She's like, yeah, I tell her to stop, and she'll stop for a day or two, and then she'll start again. I said, well, then that's your fault because you're taking the call. Yeah. You either don't yeah. answer your phone or you answer your phone and go, hi, mom, what do you need? And the moment she starts going into it, go, sorry, mom, I have to go. Those yeah, are healthy yeah. boundaries. Right? So it's, yeah, 100%. it's, and you only do that for yourself when you start, stop, or you start breaking the loops that you're running inside of you. It all starts with us has nothing to do with anyone outside because the fact of the matter is you can't change anyone. You can't change their behaviors. You can't change all that shit. You can influence it by the way you act, right? Um, the other thing that's coming up for me too, though, is the child acting because there's obviously a lot of pressure around performance, getting the gig, all that kind of stuff. And we don't have to go into it now, but I do want you to think about what life was really like, right? I, you oh, know. it was great then. <laughs> it was great doing what I loved and I made loads of money and I was really young. Yeah. And okay. then it all like disappeared. That's hard. Yeah. So That's it hard. disappeared when your mom died? No, no, no. God, no, 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 no. You kept going. Like, I, I was, it was amazing in my like, early 20s, early to mid 20s. It was like I was flying. But then the minute I made the decision like to move to America, yeah. Like my agent dropped me because he was like, I'm not going to push for you out there and you haven't done enough. Like you're doing really well, but you're on the rise. But you haven't done enough. Yeah. But I was like, no, I'm going to America. Yeah. So kind it's of a had to start. Completely different game, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like I shot myself in the foot and essentially yeah. killed my career. Yeah. Okay. Do you still want to act? Are you still acting now? I've got an agent and I go up for commercials, but I haven't booked for so long. But yeah, theatrical agent. Nah. No. I love it. It's one of those. I love it when I'm doing it, but the whole process around it and the stress. Yeah. Hmm. So now I do the opposite. I look after people's animals for a living. I'm always okay. by myself, like I'm in someone else's home right now. But it's got, I've been doing that a few years now, but it's, that's got to the point that it's almost like it's too lonely. I'm too isolated because yeah. like, this isn't my personality. Yeah. So it's really weird. I'm in this really weird, I've turned into this real hippie earth mama. I grow my own vegetables. Like I love animals. Yeah. Like, and I got all that in from LA, you know, and like my hiking and being in nature. So yeah. it's weird. I'm incredibly balanced in that way. And now I've gone the complete opposite to all like the fame and the starry lights and all the rest of it. Do I miss it? Yeah. Am I a bit of both? Yes. Mm -hmm. Could I live in both worlds? 100%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the stress that comes with that, I'm like, oh, no, yeah. that's a bit too, it's it's weird. What about um, just like local stuff, like getting a part, being a part of a community in the theater or musical arts on a local level, right? And getting that like. It's weird. I should. Yeah. yeah. I, I should give it a go. 
I think yeah. that should be 100% something you put on your to-do list, right? When I work with one-to-one okay. um, -one clients, the well, this is what I talk about in all my communities, but finding the joy. You got to bring that joy back. Remember, your babies are looking down at you, right? And they want a joyous mother. So like one of my earliest clients, um, she loves singing in the choir. And so one of her things was like, you have, I, you have to go and reach out to a choir and join a choir. And she hadn't done it for a while. And she was really nervous, but she even admitted, she's mm. like, it was around Thanksgiving, Christmas time. And um, she's like, it's going to be too late. They're already going to have all their people. They're not going to need me. So I'll do what you say, but I'm not going to have to do it. And they're like, oh, perfect. We totally needed someone. Right. <laughs> so she she joined this choir. Guess what she got to do on her choir performance? She got to tell her parents that she was pregnant. Right. Oh, wow. So it's wow, tapping into mad. the joy of your life. So if acting is a joy for you, but you don't want the stress of being a professional actress, get into the community, share your wisdom yeah. and your knowledge and your love with, you know, with the people who are upcoming or just want to do it for fun. We all have yeah. this like vision, like we have to be doing it at Hollywood level. And if it's not Hollywood yeah. level, it's not, we're not good enough. And that's complete BS. Yeah. You know, that's complete. Our small communities are where it's at. So if you can tap into that and make a commitment or volunteer at a act like a school that does some acting stuff, you know, or yeah, um, yeah. bring that joy back into your life because you obviously have a passion for it, but you know, yeah. it is a stressful life right? It is this kind of always competing and getting up there and then, but bring it back into that does, It's the money. Yeah. It's the finance side of it, obviously, because you can't have a normal job, you know, yes. it's like, because you have to be available and yeah. And it's like, oh my God, like, who can live like that? Unless you're a trust fund baby mm -hmm. or you marry someone really wealthy. And that was just never my jam, you know, like I didn't want to do that. Um, and that's why I struggled so much in LA, obviously. So and that kind of killed it for me, obviously, that side of it, the financial yeah. side of it. Of course, it's easier now. We can do stuff online and audition online. But now, yeah, hugely, it's a confidence thing. Like, I wouldn't even get an agent if I wanted to because I haven't done anything for so long. And then it's the whole, well, go out and go and do, go and find someone that's going to go to go and do short films, go and do this. But again, it's the time. It's like, but I need to make money. I don't have time to, to mm -hmm. volunteer my time for free to go and do acting, you know, short films and stuff. So, yeah, that's that's the issue. But yeah. it's you're right. It's finding a way to do it on a local right. level. I think that is a really good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got to start designing your life how you want it, but you have to start taking the steps and see what what works and what doesn't work. Right? You might get yeah. into something and you might think that's exactly what you want, and you get into it and you're like, actually, this is not what I want. Like, oh wow, I didn't I didn't realize I was going to find this much joy in performing in the the christmas play you know that it's like a cast of like <laughs> yeah. 15 and it's just for the grannies right but oh my god it set my soul on fire and i could do it because it wasn't a huge commitment it was local i could still make money and you know, all those things like you just don't know and you have to get rid of expectations timelines they fuck our shit up 
They literally yeah, they make every, up, yeah. <laughs> every, like, it's all made up. You make it all up. Your reality is made up. And guess who it's made up by? You. Yeah. So if you don't like it, you got to get to the root of what's causing it, which is the emotional connection to what has happened in your life. Alchemize that. And then just start showing up for yourself, right? And stop hyper-focusing on, on um, I don't want to say just becoming a mom, but just that one aspect of your life. Because and it does take over. It, it really does. does. And it's Absolutely. like an obsession. And like all my friends have kids and it's that envy. It's that sickness. And you're like, oh, I don't want to feel that bitter and envious and jealous. And you can't help it. And it sucks because it's just not me. But it's just this. Yeah, it's 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 shit. It's yeah. all consuming because it's just what I, re- I want more than anything. Yeah. And uh, what I was going to say is start asking yourself why you want it more than anything. Yeah. Okay. Because this is raw honesty here. <laughs> yeah. When you don't know your true self, you don't know why you're truly doing the things that you think you want. Right. I thought motherhood was going to be something completely different than what the reality of motherhood is these this day and age. Okay. It's it's way more complicated than than society lets it become and the truth is is if you don't deal with all the bs before you get to the motherhood the motherhood isn't what you as amazing as you want it to be because you're still struggling inside it's not gonna give you any more joy it's not gonna give you any more worth it's not gonna give you any more love your kids are gonna be a little shit at times right (laughs) so (laughs) when you have those already not 100%, not perfection, but when you start instilling that in yourself, the baby and your your children are an extra layer to it. They're of course, like the cherry that, on that top. Totally makes sense. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That that totally makes sense. Yeah. So on a physical side, gut health, absolutely. If you're dealing with this bloatingness, we need to figure out the root cause of that. On the energetic side, it is tapping into the past and just being real with yourself. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, it'd be amazing to get some advice on what kind, because there's so many different therapies, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, and how to go about this testing and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I use a modality I mean... called Psych K. Um, it's it's pretty easy, as far as I know right now, it's the easiest modality out there. Uh, but emotional freedom tapping is amazing too. I've I've used that in my journey. Um, breath work is amazing. Um, somatic, so uh, moving the energy throughout your body. Um, there's different types of modalities, so it's really trial and error. It's finding what you connect with the most, what what resonates with you the most. But in your show notes, I'll give you lots of resources to look and have a like go through and stuff. We'll see if we can find some testing in the UK that if the NHS isn't going to support you, yeah. that you might have to pay, you know, out of pocket, but it's Absolutely. better to know. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. And just know, just know that time is on your side. Okay. Yes. We don't have like decades, <laughs> but we still have enough time for you to shift a lot of this stuff and 
step into motherhood the way you truly want it, not the way that you think you need to be forced into it. Okay, that's possible for you. That's so beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. a really lovely thing. You've got this, my friend. You're here. You haven't given, like, you're still here. Right? Like, yeah, not given up yet. Don't not, want to. It's not going to happen. And but, I don't um, mean that yeah. in a mean way. We all have our stopping yeah. points. But, like, the only reason I saw the success that I did see is because I just kept going. Like, oh, yeah. that didn't work. That didn't mean that was my, like, fate, right? And what people don't realize yeah. is just because something doesn't work, doesn't it doesn't dictate your future. Your test results don't dictate your future for the most part. Absolutely. Um, and all of your stuff is so shiftable. And like I said, you have the proof. I know miscarriages, are, like, it's an awful thing to say, but you have the proof and you have to run with that, right? There's That's a lot the of women. positive I can take, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's harder to move through this journey when you're not seeing that proof, right? Totally. I, I don't know how I kept going for five years without an ounce of proof that I could do this. Um, well, you really are inspirational, obviously, <laughs> and help so many women. But like, obviously, you know, just what you've been through, it's huge. And the fact that you figured a lot of this stuff out, it gives everyone else hope. So yeah. That's but that's the thing. that's the fighter that's the scorpio and that's the uh <laughs> being type Not a quite, yeah. it does it does work in your favor in some ways and then it's uh then it's releasing it and learning a new way how to do it in a way that's not going to affect your health. Um, okay, Hopefully. my friend, I hope this has been really helpful. I am it so has, excited for you. you yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be in touch with that email and um, my fingers are crossed and obviously we'll be in touch soon. Thank you. All right. And Thank then you. obviously, yeah, let me know how I can work with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it will be in the email for sure. Okay, my friend. Thank take you. Take care. Have take a great care, night. Monica. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.